Hey, good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, depending on where you are in the world. This is David Potter with Red Pill News. Will the world die in nuclear annihilation, and will Putin detonate a nuclear bomb? Those are the questions that world leaders are fretting about today and will be probably months to come. Now, let's remember that nuclear weapons have advanced very much so in the past 80 years. The nuclear weapons in question would be tactical nuclear weapons that would have much less of a society-ending effect than the massive nuclear weapons that were used in World War II on Japan. Now, there are nuclear weapons that Russia possesses. They possess the most. They have over 2,000. Uh, that could take out seven or eight states. If you do the math of the the explosion and then the radiation uh, fall fallout, it would be the whole east coast of the U.S. that they could you know release from a submarine. I know that's scary stuff, but honestly, Putin does not have the motivation to make this happen, and the reason he does not is because. He needs to keep China on his side. He can't risk having nuclear tactical assault on him as well and on Russia. At the end of the day, I think it is all just showboating, but I really do blame this on the United States. We've had Obama, we've had Clinton, we've had George W. Bush, and now Biden, who is talking about expanding NATO. Well, if you go back to Gorbachev and you go to Reagan, they were about demilitarizing, getting rid of nukes and signing tr- signing treaties, you know, no nuclear intercontinental ballistic missiles. Well, guess who pulled out of that treaty? That was George W. Bush, right? And he went on to have the most expensive war in United States history, a trillion dollars, the war in Iraq. Uh, Insanity, if you ask me. And that's where things got crazy, right? You know, we look at this, the media is painting Putin is this evil guy. And, you know, I'm sure he's got evil in his heart and he's done a lot of bad things. But the U.S., we're just like master manipulators, our government what our alphabet agencies have done in other countries. That's the way I see this, is that America and the NATO are aggressors. But when you also think about the perspective of what is NATO saying right now? What is Biden saying when you had the leader of Ukraine he say he said we're going to join NATO. We're submitting our application expedited. Zelensky, he uh, said, yeah. He he released a propaganda video actually, and it had some big guys. He was saying, you know, we're going to join NATO and we're going to put an end to Russia. But that's nonsense. That's not going to actually happen. It's the same day that Vladimir Putin said, you know, nuclear weapons are not out of the question. And here's the reason why NATO is not going to accept Ukraine, simply because there's an article in the Articles of Confederation of NATO. I'm not sure if that's precisely what they're called, but they're the founding articles. 
if one member gets attacked, then the other members, all the other nations have to respond. And that is automatically World War III. So I think, you know, we're going to keep sending conventional weapons and and sending more money, which is ridiculous. I'm pretty sure some of it is maybe a lot of it is money laundering. But uh, the fact that, uh, you know, nuclear war is coming into question is definitely scary. You know, it is reason for concern, but I wouldn't worry too much. I wouldn't lose your sleep over it because at the end of the day, Putin wants to preserve Russia. Biden wants to preserve America in terms of having power over it, right? I don't think he loves America and he's a globalist in his heart, but he wants to keep it around to extract, you know, wealth from the citizens and continue his reign of power as much as possible and money from China and extract in that way. So I think we're going to be okay and uh, there's not going to be a major nuclear war. If there were tactical nukes, you know, nukes today, a lot of them are designed where there is not a radiation fallout and they could blow up a few blocks or a big military base and not leave any radiation because even if it does have radiation, the biggest blast area is when you detonate in the air as opposed to the ground. And that's also less radiation, even if you were using an irradiated bomb. But let's pray to God, you know, that none of that happens. You know, Washington, D.C. is obviously worried, but they... They think that it's just not going to happen. Some Russian military analysts have suggested exploding a tactical weapon over a remote place like the Black Sea as a demonstration, or perhaps actually using one against a Ukrainian base. This is not a bluff, Mr. Putin said last month. A reminder that making first use of nuclear weapons is an integral part of Russian military strategy. Last weekend, President Biden's national security advisor, Jake Sullivan, responded that any nuclear weapon use would result in catastrophic consequences for Russia, adding that in private communications with Moscow, the United States had spelled out how America and the world would react. That's from the New York Times, otherwise known as the New York Slimes. I don't trust them for political U.S. politics or even international affairs, but they do get some things right. I try to look at a variety of sources, even though I'm ultra MAGA. But we've reduced for a quarter of a century. We've celebrated, you know, the world and we're getting rid of nuclear weapons and we've moved past that. And really what we've been in is fifth generational warfare. And that's information warfare. That's what TikTok is. We absolutely need to ban TikTok. Uh, we need to get it out of the American shorelines. Because if you look at TikTok or, or ByteDance in China, what they promote in the app, it's uh, responsible citizens. It's people who become engineers and doctors and roles that are meaningful to society. I mean, don't get me wrong, all blue-collar work is meaningful, extremely meaningful. What I mean to say is that, compare that to here in America, the things that are glorified are 
ignorance and just being completely dumb. It's these stupid, mindless dances in addition to like drug use and thoughtery, just girls barely legal dancing and boys getting in the thirst traps. That's they're just promoting not the family, not the nuclear family. And why would you want to do that? Because if your enemy doesn't have kids, your enemy state, right? If America quits having kids like we are, then there's no one to resist against the Marxist communist ideology that in some ways the CCP holds in many ways. So, Mr. Sullivan, declining to describe the playbook of American or NATO responses, knowing that one key to Cold War deterrence was some degree of ambiguity. This is where we got to say, well, Biden has been horrible at that. They've, they've walked that man, his statement back so many times, his statements. They've said, he, he came out and said, Putin should be removed. We need a regime change. And then his State Department said, no, we didn't actually mean that. We, there's no strategy in that whatsoever. He said that American troops will be in Ukraine soon at one point. And again, his people had to walk it back because it was a gaffe. When asked if he would support Taiwan, if, if they would send military troops to Taiwan, Biden said yes. And his people had to walk that back. So he's been horrible at the ambiguity, the strategy of ambiguity, to say the least. Um, so apparently the Pope is worried about Putin. He sent a message and uh, he, he said, you know, in the spiral of violence and death and don't escalate to, to nuclear war. I mean, that's a Pope thing to do, right? I think what's going to happen, and this might take months or years, is that we're going to see Russia's going to keep that territory and NATO is going to back off because we, strategically, it's nice for America to have nuclear assets that close to Russia, or at least that's what the Warhawks would say, right? But Putin has more to lose. He doesn't want nuclear weapons that close to his border. And that would have happened had Ukraine joined NATO. So you have him annexing parts of Ukraine. And those votes... There's arguments that they're illegitimate, that they were rigged. Not really sure there. I'll look more into that, maybe talk about that in the future episode. Either way, we don't really care that much about Ukraine. You know, I think Biden has some business ties there, according to his son's laptop, but he doesn't want to die. He doesn't want to destroy the world, and neither do the European countries. You're probably going to see the continuation of red flag operations, sabotage. I do think it was 
Putin that had the remote detonated mines that took out Nord Stream 1 and Nord Stream 2. And that really puts Germany in a bad situation. You know, Trump warned those guys. He said, you've got to get your energy right. You've got to get your reliance off of Putin. And they just laughed at him. And now their energy is so expensive. They're literally having to close businesses and limit thermostats. It's insanity. It's insanity. I mean, you do have Poland giving out anti-radiation pills, which is just kind of ridiculous because it's potassium iodide and it will absorb into your thyroid. It will save your thyroid from radiation, but not the rest of your body. So maybe they think people will be very minimally exposed to the radiation and uh, they're acting on that, but don't think anything's going to happen. What the real question is, is how many more foot soldiers are going to die? How many, how much more of the Ukrainian military is going to get wiped out? How much more of the Russian youth is going to get wiped out? I think the best course of action is just to cede the territory. The left is going to say, you know, Ukraine has no fault in this whatsoever. I mean, they're aristocrats. Their leaders are very corrupt. And every country is corrupt at the end of the day, right? But the West kept expanding NATO. They're aggressors. Now the fact that Finland and I think Norway is in NATO, that's also dangerous. That's really close to Putin as well. Uh, we've, we've really boxed him in. I mean, if the Chinese, I always use this analogy, if the Chinese had nuclear weapons in Mexico, you can bet your ass that we would be putting nuclear weapons in Japan or in South Korea. And maybe South Korea has nuclear weapons or Taiwan. I'm, I'm not sure, actually. They might be their own. But we would not be happy if there were nuclear weapons in Mexico that were Chinese pointed at us. So I can understand his perspective. And I just want a world of peace. I mean, just like everybody else, you know, you've got to win some battles and lose some battles. And it, it sucks for the people, the Ukrainian people that love their heritage as Ukrainians. Honestly, I don't know a lot about the cultural differences between Ukrainians and Russians. I think at least in eastern Ukraine, there's a lot of similar cultural heritage and cultural practices. So really sad for that, but I think we're going to be okay. I don't think this is going to end in catastrophic nuclear war, but we're going to see probably ratcheted up rhetoric and uh, might be a lot more death. It might be a lot more wasted money and a lot more death. What's interesting is the next frontier of weaponry 
Obviously, there's a few. We've talked about fifth-generational warfare and information that's happening. The Chinese are dominating us at that. We've fallen so far behind them in terms of information warfare. Uh, Second is biological, you know, with pathogens being able to be created in the lab. It's really scary that China has bioweapons that they're you know researching for ethnic purposes that would target particular genes depending on your ethnicity. In other words, if you're Chinese, you won't get it killed by the virus. If you're European or African, it could be a deadly virus. So there's the biological front. That's obviously terrifying. We've seen whatever you think of COVID, depending on the platform rules of all these podcast networks I'm on. Can't really say for sure what I think until I look at those policies, but uh, you probably know what I think. And that is scary, the biological warfare. Lastly, space warfare is really where things are heading into. It was brilliant that President Trump created the Space Force. We really needed that because we need to be keeping China in check. They're putting lasers on satellites. They have this one satellite. It has a pretty small laser, but if you amplify the size of that laser... Very possible it would just take out other satellites. It, it would be a, an offensive satellite and destroy the satellite capabilities of any foreign nation. So we've got to keep them in check. We need those two. And we also hopefully could develop those lasers that would shoot down nuclear, international nuclear weapons. I mean, we don't want to get to that point, right? We want to de-escalate. It's probably the wiser move. But if other countries are doing it, then we might be forced to. So at least we have the Space Force for that. Uh, Another really scary weapon that could be more destructive, perhaps, than a nuclear weapon is a rod from God kinetic bombardment from space. Now, if you drop a tungsten rod, something like 25 feet long, three feet wide, I think that's the rough dimensions. I don't know exactly how much they weigh. Yeah, 20 feet long. Okay, yeah, it's not even that big. It's 20 feet long, one foot in diameter, you drop that from a space station. Let's take a look. I'm pulling up an article here. It would be... Yes, yeah, strike hardened bunkers, underground nuclear complexes. Each rod is $230 million. Wow. I guess they would look at deploying this for the Iranian towards their, their missile facility taking it out. But the damage here, this thing would go several hundreds of feet into the earth. And 
not really sure what the you know the long term implications of that. But in 1967, 107 countries uh, signed the Outer Space Treaty, and it banned nuclear, biological, chemical weapons from being placed or used from the Earth's orbit. Uh, which hopefully it stays that way. But again, these things are the technology is being developed just as George W. Bush pulled out of the International Con- Inter- Intercontinental Ballistic Missile Treaty. Anybody could pull out of these treaties at any time, right? Like that's just how the international politics go. And yeah, they did not count on in this treaty as, as these rods, a tungsten rod that could hit a city with the explosive power of an intercontinental ballistic missile. Uh, The U.S. during Vietnam used lazy dog bombs. They were simply solid steel pieces less than two inches long, fitting with fins. There were no explosives. They would drop them from hundreds of planes above Vietnam, and they'd reach speeds of 500 miles an hour as they fell to the ground, could penetrate nine inches of concrete after being dropped from as little as 3,000 feet. The idea is like shooting bullets at a target, except of losing velocity as it travels, it's gaining in velocity and energy that will be expended on impact. They were shotgunning a large swath of jungle, raining bullet-sized death at high speeds. That's how Project Thor came to be. Instead of hundreds of small projectiles from a few thousand feet, Thor used a large projectile from a few thousand miles above the Earth. The Rods of God idea was a bundle of telephone pole-sized, yet 20 feet long, one-foot diameter tungsten rods dropped from orbit, reaching a speed of up to 10 times the speed of sound. That is roughly 7,000... 800 miles an hour, somewhere in there. Uh, The rod itself will penetrate hundreds of feet in the earth, destroying any potential hardened bunkers, underground sites. More than that, when the rods hit, the explosion would be on par of a ground-penetrating nuclear weapon, but with no fallout. It would take 15 minutes to destroy a target with such a weapon. One core user who works in the defense aerospace industry quoted a cost of no less than $10,000 per pound to fire anything into space. With a 20 cubic foot of dense tungsten weighing in at just over 24,000 pounds, the math is easy. It would be $230 million to put one rod in space, which was unimaginable during the Cold War. But not now. I mean, that's uh, we've got the largest military budget in the world, and the it's more than the next nine countries. So who knows if we are, you know, working on that or not? But yeah, I just wanted to give you a brief update. This is the types of warfare that we've really got to look out for in this 21st century. Maybe tactical nuclear weapons, unlikely. I don't think we're going to enter a nuclear war. More likely is sabotage, hacking, dis- destruction of infrastructure, either through hacking or bombs that are small, conventional bombs, like whatever blew up the Nord Stream pipelines and uh, 
space warfare, definitely becoming a bigger threat, and biological warfare, and biological, and AI as well. Let me close with AI. Scariest thing about AI warfare is we're already there. It's just accelerating so quickly. And who knows? I've heard it stated by computer scientists. Each time you upgrade the AI, you have no idea how it's going to react to you. And the smarter AI gets, there's this problem called the alignment problem. And it seems to care less about human intentions and has more of its own will as each iteration goes by. Now, one could say this is just simply better iterations of a human's mind, right? It's not really has its own will, but does it matter? If it if it thinks it's human, if it's just a really complex set of neural networks and it can, you know, synthesize data. So that's a really interesting question. That's scary too. What if it replicated itself, made nuclear nanobots that were made to go find certain people specifically certain leaders assassinate leaders with AI microbots that were mosquitoes or something even smaller than that who knows scary world but God's in control and can't wait to tell you about some of the midterms the polls the latest polling data I'll be posting again pretty soon I appreciate you joining me. Again, this will be an ongoing podcast, maybe every day, maybe a few times a week, but pretty soon I'm going to edit an intro, try to give you some, I think with my platform, I can give you time markers so you can skip to the thing, the topics that are most important to you. And uh, yeah, we're going to make America great again. The world is heading towards a conservative path. Populism is rising because globalism has demonstrated itself as a failure. So be of good cheer. God bless you. And I'll be back with more Red Pill News soon.